0: Amen. What an amazing, incredible presence of God that is here. I was just thinking that when you're asked to speak, whether I'm asked to speak at my church, Landmark in Lafayette, or they're asked to speak somewhere else, the number one thing that I think of when I'm first asked is you freeze and you freak out, and it's like, oh my goodness, you know, and the nerves start to hit. But then, In prayer and in preparation, my number one goal, my number one prayer is always, God, use me. Just use me as just, if it's just the smallest little thing that I can do to help someone that day, use me in that way. Well, I was thinking, as the praise and the worship and just everything, the power of God that was just sweeping through this place, that I'm thinking, you know, every time I come to grace, I hope that maybe I can do something through God's help to minister to someone, but yet I always feel like I'm the one who is ministered to. I always feel like I'm the one who is uplifted. I'm the one who's, uh, who leaves from this place strengthened, and I want to compliment you. I know I say this every time, but you guys have plugged into the power of God. You've plugged in to the presence of God, and there is a special atmosphere that is here, and if there's no one else that's blessed, I was blessed today. I was blessed because of the special presence of God that is here. You're to be commended for it. I want to give honor to my dad. So thankful for his presence in my life. Would not be where I'm at today without him. I'm thankful thankful for this opportunity that he trusts me enough to allow me to stand behind this pulpit. So thank you, Dad, for all that you've done. Thank you for this opportunity. I don't take it lightly. It's very much an honor. I want to give honor to my mom on Mother's Day. I don't care what any of you say. We can go out in the parking lot after church and fight over it. She's the greatest mom on the planet. 100% the greatest mom on the planet. Yes, I'm a mama's boy. I admit it. There's no secrets. I am what I am. Yes, when I first moved to Lafayette, she would drive to Lafayette and wash my clothes for me. That's the kind of mother that she is. I know she would do that again to this day. Um, But I'm so thankful for my mother. I love you so much, Mom, and I give honor to you today on this special day. I want to quickly get into the word of God. I'm reading from 1 Kings chapter 17, and I'm going to skip around a little bit, but I'm starting at 1 Kings chapter 17 and verse 1. The Bible says, and Elisha the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, as the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. Then skipping to chapter 18 and verse 1, and it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year saying, go present yourself to Ahab and I will send rain on the earth. So Elijah went to present himself to Ahab and there was a severe famine in Samaria. Then skipping to verse 41 of the same chapter, then Elijah said to Ahab, go up Eat and drink, for there is the sound of abundance of rain. There is a sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel. Then he bowed down on the ground and put his face between his knees and said to his servant, Go up now, look toward the sea. So he went up and looked and said, There is nothing. And seven times he said, Go again. Then it came to pass the seventh time that he, being the servant, said, There is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. So Elijah said, Go up, say to Ahab, Prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and wind, and there was a heavy rain. Today, with God's help, I would like to speak to you from this topic, the sound of abundance. The sound of abundance. Turn to two or three around you, give them a shove and ask them, do you hear the sound? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. We hear a lot of sounds in the world that we live in today. And with every sound that we hear, there are varied reactions to those sounds. There's the sound of a musical instrument, like a piano, a guitar, a saxophone, a trumpet, a violin, a trombone, a tuba, a clarinet, or a flute, just to list a few. Any one of these instruments can produce a beautiful sound all by themselves if played correctly. And I might add, they can also produce a horrid, horrible sound if played incorrectly, which would be me playing pretty much any of those instruments. And when all of them are put together, though, what a glorious sound that they produce if played correctly. Cassie and I attended the San Francisco Symphony a few years ago, and it was difficult to put into words how truly incredible the sound was that was given off by this collection of individuals and their talents with each instrument. It was a beautiful, amazing sound. There was not one note that was off. There was not any one person that was out of line. Everyone was together and created such an amazing sound. There are sounds that are alarming and get your attention. For example, the sound of a newborn baby crying or a child where all of a sudden there's silence and a child starts screaming. It brings alarming feelings to the parent and even to the casual onlooker. There's nothing like sitting in a restaurant and all of a sudden a child right behind you starts screaming at the top of their lungs. For those who have dogs, we have a dog, a little shih tzu. She couldn't beat her way out of a wet paper sack. But I promise you, if I hear her growling at about 2 o'clock in the morning when the house is silent, when everyone is sleeping, I'm coming up out of the bed because that's a sound that I don't welcome and that brings alarm. The sound of a gunshot when you're not at a shooting range or when you're not in a place where you're expecting to hear the sound of a gunshot could be very alarming The sound of a siren from a police car or an ambulance or a fire truck. What do we do when we're in traffic and we hear that? We instantly start trying to go to the side of the road, but instantly we know that it's not something good. There's someone that's hurt. There's someone that's in distress when we hear this sound. Then there's the sound of a church building. I don't know if any of you have ever come into this church building at night by yourself. It is crazy, the sounds that a church building can make, and I'm going I'm to be just brutally honest with you here today. I am not that spiritual, and I have not come to pray at this church building or landmark church building or any church building very often by myself. I've heard too many stories of me thinking I'm the only one there, and then all of a sudden you hear a door slam in another part of the building, and you go look in the parking lot, and it's like there's no cars. Well, there's not going to be any cars because now mine's gone. I'm out of here. I do not welcome that sound. There are sounds that are so easily tuned out. How many times has your spouse or a close friend been talking to you and going into great detail about a story about something that happened to them earlier that day, and you're looking at them, and all of a sudden you have this far-off look come over your eye. And you're saying you're nodding and saying, uh-huh, and you, if they asked you in that moment to repeat their last five sentences, you would have no clue. This is the point where my wife says amen. I can remember as a child how excited I would get when I would hear the sound of the ice cream truck. Can anyone relate to what I'm saying? Come on, y'all, come on, don't lie. You know when you heard that sound, you ran out of the front door? You know, and I thought that sound was reserved for just children, you know, when I was a child, when I was, you know, 8, 9, 10 years old. But I recently learned that it's not. Cassie and I were in Destin a little over a year ago with her family, and we're in a boat. Her dad's actually driving the boat. And we're in a busy area of the water, and there's a lot of other boats. And all of a sudden, we hear the sound of the ice cream truck. But we're in the water. It Turn around, looking, looking. It's the ice cream boat. I did not know there was a such thing, but there is. I saw it. Now, I I will admit that I had a few flashbacks in my mind, and my heart might have skipped a beat just for a minute, like, oh, it's the ice cream boat. But, you know, I played it cool because I'm an adult. I don't do that kind of things. Let me tell you, Cassie's dad... Did not play it cool at all. He instantly started screaming, ice cream, ice cream. And he about killed himself and threw himself out of the boat. Am I exaggerating? Flagging this ice cream boat down for some ice cream. And he bought some because of the sound that he heard. There's the motorcycle lover that won't have anything but a Harley because of its distinctive loud sound. Or the one that won't have anything but a gold wing. Because it doesn't give off much sound at all, and they like the smooth, quiet ride. Amen. I knew I'd get an amen from that one. There's there's the sound of fingernails scratching on a chalkboard. Anyone like that one? The sound of car horns when people are frustrated in traffic. We've all been there. Then there's the sound of a soothing rain on an afternoon that makes for some really good sleeping weather. Or you can just, you know, snuggle up on the couch with a blanket and just sleep, listening to the gentle sound of a rain. Let me just say, that had been my experience with the sound of rain until last August. All of that has changed. After hearing rain all night long on Thursday, August the 11th, and waking up at about 6 a.m. on Friday morning, August the 12th, and getting out of the bed at about 6, To put my bare feet in about a half inch of water right by my bed, I will never hear the sound of rain the same again. Can anyone relate to what I'm saying? Our praise team at Landmark recently sang the song, Open Up the Heavens. And the very next week on a Wednesday, this was two Wednesdays ago, I think, that very thing happened, steady rainfall all day, enough to make everyone, including yours truly, extremely nervous about being flooded again. Ironically, we were reminiscing after that happened the next Sunday. Ironically, we had sang that song just before the flood in August. And our praise team has now decided that going forward, we are only going to sing the remix, which goes, open up the heavens just a little bit. I'm not lying. We're paranoid of that song now. In the scripture text that I read earlier in 1 Kings, we find Israel in a polar opposite situation to what I was just describing. A severe famine, as the scripture specifies, that had been going on for over three years. To help put in perspective what a famine truly is, one explanation says it's a widespread scarcity of food caused by several factors, including crop failure, population unbalance, or government policies. This phenomenon is usually accompanied or followed by regional malnutrition, starvation, epidemic, and increased mortality. Imagine with me the people of Israel that suffered because of this. All the sounds of heartache and heartbreak no doubt came into play day after day. The Bible gives us a snapshot of this in 1 Kings chapter 17. It says Elijah, it it, it talks about that Elijah was told by God to go to Zarephath. God had told him that a widow would sustain him there, so he called out to her, and we pick up in verse 10 and 11, where Elijah says, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. Then being famished, he added, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread. With a famine in the land, this woman had been gathering sticks to prepare a fire to bake a cake of her last handful of flour mixed with oil. She had to scrape the bottom of the barrel to get to the flour, and there was a little oil left in the cruise. Her expectation was that after this last meal, she and her son would die of starvation. Can you imagine being presented with that scenario, knowing that there's really no alternative? There's not a choice. It wasn't a multiple-choice question. It was a fill-in-the-blank that this is the answer, and this is what's going to happen. Under this dire circumstance, Elijah has asked for something to eat. Imagine being in the woman's place and getting this request for food. The Bible picks up in 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 13 and 14, and says, And Elijah said to her, Do not fear, go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me. And afterward, make some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, The bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry. I can only imagine the sounds of heartbreak that had taken place in this lady's life day after day. How many times had she heard her son cry out because he was hungry and she knew that she couldn't give him any more food than what was allotted for that day. I'm sure there were continual sounds of them both tossing and turning in their beds and wincing and moaning because of malnutrition and because their bodies were probably beginning to shut down because they weren't getting uh, the, the sustenance that they needed. She was down to her last meal and was ready to throw in the towel. She was ready to give up on life. And I'm sure there's people here today that have been in this same position at some point. In fact, I would venture to say that there may be people here today that are in this place right now. You've been hungry to the point of starvation. And I'm not just talking about physical hunger, but I'm even more so talking about emotional hunger, spiritual hunger, where you feel like you're starved. You've tried all you can to hold it together and you've reached the end of your road. You can't go on another day. You're tired of fighting and clawing and yet not gaining any ground. You stay in the same position. You have the towel in your hand. You're ready to throw it in and quit. Well, before you quit, before you throw in that towel, let me share with you an old preacher cliche, and forgive me, but there's no better way to say it. When you feel like you're down to nothing, God is always up to something. To someone that feels like you've been going through a spiritual drought, let me echo the words of Elijah when he said, There is a sound of an abundance of rain. Come on, someone needs to understand that there is a sound that is about to ring true in your life. I believe God is about to pour out blessing on someone that you could have never dreamed possible. And I'm not talking about just a daily provision. I'm not talking about a blessing that you're going to receive today or in the coming days that's going to get you through that day or maybe get you through that week like, the, like uh, the prophet Elijah promised this widow woman. I'm talking about abundance. Some of you here today may already be familiar with the sound of abundance. Cassie and I got seven inches of water inside our house last August, and I distinctly remember the sound of the water pouring into our house and pouring out. I will never forget that sound I know many of you got much more than that. Many of you probably got four or five feet of flood water inside your house, maybe more. And you know what that type of abundance sounds like. Most of you, in fact, all of you probably, that flooded, you will never forget that sound. You will never forget that experience. Some of you know what it sounds like to get an abundance of phone calls from creditors because you're behind on your bills and have no money in the checking account to pay them. You know what it sounds like when that phone rings and you cringe because you know who's calling. You know what it sounds like to have an abundance of problems. And every time you put one fire out, it seems like three more fires pop up in different areas. And you never can seem to get ahead. You know what that kind of abundance sounds like. But I've come here today with a message of hope. I've come here today with a message of encouragement that those sounds of abundance are about to be drowned out by the sound of abundance of a God who is ready to pour out blessing and favor on your life and on your family's life like you've never seen before. And is it because you've earned it? No. Is it because you deserve it? No. Is it because you've been through a lot, you've experienced a lot, and you you finally got to that point where you feel like it's time? No. It's simply because God loves you with an undying kind of love, and he just wants to do it. God wants to pour out abundance on you today just because he loves you that much. I'm sorry to all the deep Bible scholars if that seems really shallow, because it is really shallow. There's not much to read between the lines there, but it's also really real. And I wanted to interject that point for the person who feels like you're not as worthy as others in the kingdom of God for his abundance because maybe you haven't served God as long. Maybe you haven't paid your dues as long. Maybe you've made too many mistakes or whatever the reason might be that's keeping you from stepping out of your pew and making your way to an altar when the call is given. My friend, you have just as much access to the abundance of God. Come on, someone needs to get this here today. You have just as much access to the abundant blessing of God as the next person. And I challenge you to step out of your comfort zone, to step out of your protective bubble that you've been staying in because you're worried about what other people are going to think. Step outside of your comfort zone and see what God will do in your life. Come on, Grace, God has ordained this church as a hospital and a refuge for the broken, for the disillusioned, for the disconnected, for the forgotten. Come on, for the burn victims, for the flatliners. And he's saying that this is the place that I want to pour out my abundance. This is the place that I want to bless. And it doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter what your past is. Just step out from where you are. Step out from where you are. Let it saturate you. Let it engulf you. Let it overwhelm you. Don't even try to understand it. Just step out and get under that deluge of blessing. I'm talking about a life being turned upside down and inside out. I'm talking about a flood of financial blessing. I'm talking about healing in your body. I'm talking about healing in your marriage. Come on, God's going to start putting the broken pieces back together. He's going to start taking those wedges that have been driven into relationships in, in your life. He's going to start removing them, and all of a sudden, you're going to feel unity. You're going to feel that there's this release in the spirit, and all of it. it's because God loves you so much. I'm talking about restoration in your family talking about no more need to go jobless. I'm talking about the sound of abundance. And let me tell you, that sound is closer than you think. Much like the servant Elijah, you may have gone out looking for a sign day after day after day, but just like Elijah told his servant, you need to go back one more time. Even if it's been 20 times, if it's been a hundred times, go back one more time because that sound is closer than you think. It's right around the corner of your journey you just have to keep checking. You have to keep listening. You have to listen maybe a little more intently. Maybe it takes drowning out the abundance of some of the other sounds in your life. Because let's be honest, sometimes we listen for all the wrong sounds. We hear the slightest sound of negativity and it just like reverberates in our ear and it just like overwhelms us. I'm telling you that sound of abundance is closer than you think. Psalms chapter 37 verse 25 says, I have been young and now I'm old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. David says, I've already been there, done that. He's confirming, I've already seen the the beginning to the end, and I know that God is never going to leave me. I know that God is not going to leave me wanting. He's not going to forsake me. He's always going to be there for me to provide. The Apostle Paul takes it a step further in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 says, now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. Now, I want to stop for a minute. How often have we heard that scripture? We can't even count how many times. If there is a top ten list of preacher cliches, this scripture would have to rank there, in my opinion. Have to rank in the top two or three. If there's a crowd that maybe isn't responding just right, you know, you have your little... Preacher, bag of tricks—that it's like, okay, this one's gonna do it. This is gonna get that. Cry. I mean, they're gonna be running the aisles, and and I've heard this one used in that way. And guess what? It works just about every time. But I think that with this scripture, I've heard it so often, and I feel like I grasp it. But then in recent time, I believe that I'm starting to see that there's a deeper challenge that I believe Paul is throwing out that, in a lot of ways, I've missed. He says, exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. So how do we think? What do we ask for? It's as though Paul is trying to encapsulate our approach to living for God. What our thoughts are. What we ask for. There's an old song that I distinctly remember singing in church when I was younger. And I know many of you will know it. I'm going to sing it, okay, so bear with me, but I want y'all to sing with me, okay, especially the, is it the overcomers? Because I know you guys are going to know it. Fill my cup, Lord, I lift it up, Lord, come and quench this thirsting of my soul, bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more, fill my cup. Fill it up and make me whole. Does that bring back memories to anyone? This song popped into my head recently, and I came to the harsh reality that too often this encapsulates my approach to living for God. Here's a cup. This is a 2017 landmark vision casting cup. Most of you can't see this. It says, Love Always. This is our vision for 2017. But today, this is my cup. Don't come up here and try to take it, okay? This is mine, all right? I have a death grip on it. This is Marcus Murphy's cup that I bring to church, that I bring home, that I bring to work, that I bring when I have a need, when I'm desperate in my life. I have this cup with me that I bring when I'm up, that I have with me when I'm down. This is my cup. This is who I am. This is Marcus Murphy. This cup represents my capacity, my capacity for blessing, my capacity for healing, my capacity for restoration, my capacity for my calling, whatever God has in store for my life, my capacity to love, to trust, to forgive. This is my cup. This is who I am. It also represents my capacity that I offer to God. It's a, it's a capacity that is predicated on what I'm willing to let him have control over in my life. And much like the old song, I keep asking him to fill my cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. Come and quench this thirsting of my soul. Bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more. And there's been so many God moments that I've had through the years. There's been so many amazing church services that I've been in, and prayer moments, times in my own prayer closet. And I'm sure a lot of you can bring to remembrance times, maybe an experience at camp meeting or youth camp, or maybe right at these altars, where you have experienced a God moment that was unlike any other. Where the love of God was sweeping through the building in waves, where it seemed like you were just almost drowning in it. Where the power of the Holy Ghost was so strong that it literally knocked you to your knees, or maybe knocked you all the way to the floor where the abundance of God was so overwhelming. I've seen people, and I've experienced this myself, where you had to be carried out of the building, where it was so much that your mind couldn't even contain it, where you almost lost track of where you were at. I've seen this happen so many times, and it's happened in my life. And as amazing as it is to bask in an experience like that, it's like you don't want to leave that moment. You don't want to to have to leave the building. If no one else is, is here and everyone else has gone home, you want to stay here. You want to hold on to that moment. But in thinking of all those experiences that I've had, what was actually poured into me? It was all around me. I was swimming in it. But what did I take home with me? I took home my cup. God filled it. He's always faithful to fill my cup when I ask him. You see, abundance of anything is all relative to the capacity that it's given access to. Have you ever looked in the refrigerator or the pantry and realized that the house is sitting on empty for food? So it's time to make a big grocery store run. So you run to the grocery store, and the first thing you do, because, you know, this is the obvious thing to do, I know, who the pantry's empty, the kids are going to be fussing, and, you know, my my wife or my husband's going to be fussing, so... I need, to, I need to just completely empty this store out. So you grab your little handheld basket, you know, and, and so you get to shopping, right? That's, that's what we all do, right? No. That's the dumbest thing ever. That makes no sense. I don't know of anyone that would try to do that. It only makes sense to do that, and we've all been here, if you have a short-term or immediate need. You need to run to the store just to satisfy something quick, just to pick up something fast, maybe a gallon of milk and a box of cereal, or maybe a loaf of bread and a jar of peanut butter and jelly. Then you grab that little basket, or sometimes if you do like me, you're trying to juggle it all, and it's like you remember you need one more thing, and so it's like you're almost dropping something, and it would have been so easy just to get something to carry it in. But that is the time when you would grab that basket. That's the time where it makes sense. And this is exactly what my approach to God is so often. God, I have a need. Fill my cup. I need an answer. Fill my cup. I'm in a position where I need something right now, God. Fill my cup. And what happens? He fills it. He gives me my answer. He gives me that healing over whatever it was in that moment that I needed. He gives me direction. And I feel full in that moment. I feel refreshed. I feel like I can go another day. But I'm starting to learn that just because my cup was filled doesn't mean that was all God had to give or more importantly, all God wanted to give to me in that moment. Jesus said in John chapter 10 verse 10, I have come that they may have life, but that they may have it more abundantly. God has something bigger and greater and better for your life than you could have ever imagined. God will faithfully keep filling your cup with life. He will keep you breathing, yes. He will give you a daily provision to keep you going for that day or maybe that week. But there's so much more he wants to pour into you. And it's up to me to expand his access, to expand my capacity for blessing, to expand my capacity for his will in my life, to expand my capacity to love, to love God, to love others, and yes, to even love myself. It's up to me to expand that capacity It means I've got to start stretching myself a little bit more. It means I've got to let God start taking control of certain areas. I've got to let my hands off the reins and say, God, I'm letting you drive it now. I'm letting you take control over this. It means I've got to step out of my comfort zone just a little bit and step into some areas where I'm not really comfortable. This is the hardest thing. Of, about living for God, at least in my experience it is. I love to work within an area where I'm comfortable, but let me step one inch outside of that circle, and all of a sudden I'm just like, don't know what to do. Isaiah chapter 54, verse 2 and 3 says, Enlarge the place of your tent, and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare, lengthen your cords, and strengthen your stakes, for you shall expand to the right to the left, and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. Somebody needs to get this here today, that it's time to start expanding. It's time to step outside of what you've done up to now. Because what you've done up to now has got you to this place, but it might not necessarily get you to where God wants to get you to. What the ultimate plan of God is, we've got to start stepping into an area where we're unfamiliar, but it's exactly where God wants us to be. It tells me if someone will start stretching yourself and enlarging your capacity, that God is about to start, is about to start accomplishing some amazing things in you and through you, things that seem impossible situations that seem dormant or maybe even dead, God is about to use you to wake them up. He's about to use you to breathe life into these situations. He's about to use you to bridge gaps of relationships with family members that haven't spoken in a long time. Come on, someone needs to get this here today. But you just need to take a little step to the right or to the left. You need to start expanding yourself just a little bit. Because he's going to use you and he's going to use me to accomplish it. But it's going to take me stretching myself. It's gonna take me enlarging my capacity. I can't be satisfied with just filling my cup. I can't be satisfied with just continually coming and seeing this cup and saying, this is, this is who I am. This is what I've always been. This is what's got me here today. So I need to continue being this way. So God, fill my cup. All right, God, it's starting to get half full. Can you, can you fill it again? Fill my cup. It's not enough for me to keep doing that to accomplish what God wants to do in this place in this community. It's gonna take me stretching myself. I can't be satisfied with just filling this cup. I've gotta stay hungry. I've gotta stay hungry. Even if I just ate, I've gotta stay hungry and say I want just a little bit more. And when my cup gets filled, I've gotta stretch myself just a little bit. And I've gotta come back to God. And I've gotta say, you know what, God? I know you just filled my cup, but now I have a bucket. All right, God, I'm ready. I got a bucket, go ahead and fill this. Yes, I know you got more. And then when he fills this bucket, And he will fill the bucket, by the way. I have the utmost faith that if you come back to God with a greater capacity, God never runs out. He never runs out of blessing. He never runs out of things that he wants to do for you to minister to others. So when he fills that bucket, I can't be satisfied. Well, okay, God, I got something a little bigger now, so I can just kind of relax. No. No, don't do that because that's just the start. That's just the start of the journey. So when he fills the bucket, I've got to stretch myself a little more. Well, God, I'm already out here where I'm uncomfortable. So I might as well take a big left turn here and really get out here. And when he fills this bucket, you can't be satisfied. You've got to stretch yourself a little more. And then all of a sudden, what do you come back with? You come back with a barrel, with a trash can, and you say, okay, God, I'm ready. Fill it. Fill it, God. Fill it. I'm ready to do more, more than I ever have before. Come on, someone needs to get this here today. Someone needs to start stepping outside of your comfort zone and saying, I'm ready for more, God. I'm, I'm tired of just getting my cup filled, but I'm ready to ex- increase my capacity to where you can do more in me and through me and with me and around me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, Grace. Come on. When he fills the barrel, what do you do? Don't be satisfied. I couldn't bring a swimming pool here with me today. But tell him you've dug a, a big old hole in your backyard. God fill that. I'm ready for that. Isaiah chapter fifty four, verse three. I want to read it again. For you shall expand to the right, to the left. Your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. There are areas that are in your world. Each one of us have a world that we work within, that we live within, we communicate. There's people that you run into that I'll never see, that no one in this building will ever see except you. And God's about to wake those worlds up, using you to do it. But you've got to expand God's access. You've got to give God just a little bit more room to work, and I promise you, he's going to fill it. God needs this church to retire. Stretch wider. Dig deeper. I know this is what your vision is this year. And it's so important that we all get on board. But most importantly, this is so important, grace. So we've got to love more than ever before. Our capacity for love needs to be bigger than it ever has before. Because the capacity for love in this world is very small. The world stretches itself and welcomes in so many different things into the world. Bitterness, hatred, division, all of these things. But the capacity for love is small. But I think it would amaze all of us if we start increasing our capacity for love and how quickly God will fill it, but then how quickly we can pour it out into others because there are others who are just crying out for it, who are so hungry for it. They want it more than anything. I'm closing today. I'm going to ask everyone to stand. I want to share with you a quote. This quote is by Andy Stanley. A lot of what this man says is just Wow. Life changing. And this one is right up there. The quote goes like this. As leaders, we are never responsible for filling anyone else's cup. Our responsibility is just to empty ours. I love this quote. In a way, it kind of takes the pressure off of when we're trying to reach others. It's like sometimes when I'm reaching out to someone, I feel like there's so much that I need to do for them, and then there's a certain result, there's an end result that I need to see, and if the, I don't see that end result, then I feel like a failure. But that's that's not our job. Our job is not to complete the work in anyone. Our job is not to fill anyone up to the brim. Our responsibility is just to empty what we have. And as much as the word cup is used in this quote, and I know Andy Stanley could Preach circles around me, and he's way deeper than I am. But just go with me here for the sake of what I'm trying to convey to you here today. As much as the word cup is used in this quote, imagine taking this concept and applying it, but with a greater capacity than a cup. Our responsibility is to empty ours. Our what? Our cup? What if we're emptying something bigger than a cup? What if I'm emptying something bigger? You know, if I had a cold glass of water and I poured it on one of you guys' head, y'all would think I'm really cool, huh? You probably wouldn't want to fight me. But if I had a cold barrel, trash can of water, and I snuck up behind you and poured that on your head, I better pour and run. But imagine when you start applying this to your relationship with God and the ministry that God has called you for. Can you imagine the impact that you will have on one person, on two people, on ten people? Maybe you can pour enough to minister to someone, and that doesn't mean your cup is empty because you've already increased your capacity to love. So you can love on this person, and then you can start loving on the the next person, and then you can start loving on the next person, and you can uplift that next person. And all of a sudden, what you have to give is so much more. You see, increasing our capacity for abundance not only allows God to pour more into us, but it also allows for us to pour more into others. You have more to give. So what does abundance sound like in your life? Think about it. I want you to think about it right now. What is the sound of abundance? What is that sound specifically in your life right now? Is it the sound of a water dispenser on the refrigerator? Every night before I go to bed, I don't know why, I just kind of get thirsty. So I grab me a cup and I go and y'all know the little sound, you know, the little stream of water and it hits your cup and it makes this little Echoing sound and then you can hear your cup filling up and you drink the water. Is that what abundance sounds like? Is it the sound of a water hose filling a bucket or a barrel? We know what that sound is like. If I had a water hose here today and I started pouring it into this bucket, y'all would hear this echo of sound, but it would be a lot louder and a lot deeper sounding than just filling a cup. Is that what abundance sounds like in your life? What about the sound of a waterfall pouring into a river and a river full of rapids pouring into an ocean? You might say, well, Marcus, that's, that's a pipe dream. No, it's not. That's what I've thought until recent time, and I've got to get that thinking out of my head because that's not a pipe dream. That is the will of God for your life and for your world. And the only thing that's keeping this from happening is not God's inability. God's more than able. It's not his lack of desire to pour it out. Because we already established earlier, he loves us. There's nothing you can do, ever do to earn any good points with God. He just loves you and he wants to do it. He wants to pour out blessing. He wants to pour out healing. He wants to just love you. So this isn't what's keeping this from happening. It's my lack of continued hunger that drives me to create a capacity to house it. It's my lack of stretching myself and stepping outside of where I'm most comfortable and saying, you know what, God, I'm going I'm to give you a little something bigger to work with. Grace, God wants to do something so amazing. He's already doing something so amazing, but I I believe with all of my heart that God has aligned everything to do a work. Yes, we're living in the last days. Yes, his coming is soon. But in the last days, God promised that he is gonna pour out his spirit and he's doing it. This is a place, this is a God-ordained place where God is ministering, as I said earlier, to the broken, to the disillusioned, And there's so many more that are out there. But we've got to increase our capacity. I mean, y'all are about to have to increase your capacity in this building. Y'all about to have to get some sledgehammers to these walls. But it's beyond just this building. I want us to not think in that way where it's just how many do we have at church on Sunday. But it's about how many are you ministering to in your world again, people that no one else is going to be able to reach. And as they begin to sing, I want to open up this, the front of this place. In fact, I want to challenge so many of you, because I know God's got a plan for each one of your lives. And I know that you can't increase, you can't go from a cup today to a, a big barrel just overnight. I know it's not going to happen just in one altar experience, but what I want someone here to do, and I hope that there's many who will, is to step outside of your pew right now, step outside of where you are, and take a step of faith, which means that, God, I'm going to go ahead and come up today. If I've been using this cup and this has been my capacity, I'm going to go ahead and step out, God, with my cup. But when you fill this, God, I'm not going to be satisfied with that altar experience. I'm not going to be satisfied with that God moment, but I'm going to come back. I might even come to the church tomorrow. I might even go into my prayer closet tomorrow and say, you know what? The next time I have an opportunity, even though this is filled, I'm going to come back with something bigger, and I'm going to come back with something bigger, and I'm going to keep stretching my myself and let you pour into me. Let you pour into me like you've never poured before. I don't want any to overflow. I want to catch it all because I know you have a work in my life. Come on, let some, come on, someone let God work in your life right now. God wants to do something amazing in you and through you. He wants to pour into you way more than he's ever poured before. And he's waiting on you to give him something bigger to pour into.